The following podcast might contain some swear words. Don't tell my mum. Hello, listeners. Ever wondered how much Professor McGonagall would help in a gravityless apocalypse? Well, the time is nigh. Light the fuse, Hedy. We're the comedy trio Sleeping Trees. I'm James. I'm Josh. I'm John. This is our podcast where we and a special guest try and create a story from scratch using randomly selected genres, settings and characters. There's only one thing standing between us and the perfect plot. Welcome to Story <laughs> Alright everybody, uh, welcome back to another Story Bomb and our guest uh, for this episode is a very special one indeed. Very special. It's like, you'd say that without this person, the Sleeping Trees family wouldn't be a family. It would just be... Sleeping Trees wouldn't be a Sleeping Trees. It'd just be a bunch of uh, mates playing FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's only, That's very it's only true. 80% that. So, yes, Alice, the coach Carter, is our producer and has been our producer for Sleeping Trees since, I think, 2012. Yeah. So a pretty, pretty long old time. Mm-hmm. Um, such a committed producer that uh, to, the, to the cause that Alice famously once performed in one of our shows. And uh, <laughs> Alice, would you like to tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah infamous tale sure we we had a second cast we were doing a christmas show called cinderella and the beanstalk and we had a new cast in it and you three were performing another show at a different venue we um it was a snowy day and one of the actresses in the other cast had been caught in snow traffic and wasn't going to make it on time luckily the venue very near where you lived at the time and i thought it's fine i'll just go down to their house Josh will be able to perform the part. The actress was, Which we was playing very Josh's happy original about. part. You broke in. <laughs> I, yeah. I arrived. I think I think I feel like it was James that answered the door, although I'm not 100 percent sure. And I was like, "Where's Josh?" And he pointed <laughs> me to his room. And I ran in, and he was fast asleep. Yeah. And he was woken up. Well, maybe you could talk about the experience of being woken up by me standing over you. Well, that was literally it. I woke up and you were just at the end of my bed, like pacing back and forth with so much panic in Probably your Probably likely we had a beer or two before, if it was a Christmas run. Mm-hmm. Before waking mm-hmm. up. I always have a beer yeah. before waking up. <laughs> always have a little beer before I wake up. Imagine that being the first thing to happen in your day. The very first moments, seconds of being awake. You have to go and perform right now. Yeah. And I, that is exactly what I said. And Josh just I, I very out. calmly and carefully pointed out to Alice that I wouldn't be able to go and perform mm-hmm. because we were doing another show mm-hmm. that would be overlapping. It's probably wise to mention to the listeners right now that both these shows were sold out. So there was no chance of anyone missing any show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neither neither could be cancelled. I refused to cancel either. So I left Josh's. I think I was in Josh's room for about three minutes. It became incredibly clear he wasn't going to be able to do the show. And I went out and I thought, you've got to be the professional here. You're going to have to do the show. And you have to convey to the new cast that everything's absolutely fine. So I walked back in being like, I'm going to do the show. I thought I had convinced everyone that I was completely calm. And they all said afterwards, they've never seen a more panicked human. I think we rehearsed for 15 minutes. And then the audience arrived and we did the show. 
And the concept of the show was that you were writers who weren't supposed to perform the show and you were supposed to be panicked throughout. We slightly changed it that it was two actors, two writers and a producer. <laughs> and I, I really had no idea what's happening. There was one scene where I, the lights were down. The guy was like, the other actor was like, good luck. And I went, I have no idea what happens in this scene. Good luck to you. And the lights <laughs> came up and I really didn't have any idea what happened in that scene. I've never seen more oh. panicked performers. <laughs> That is absolutely brilliant. You wishing them good luck. Honestly. And at the end, people were like, God, it was so um, it was so realistic how you had the script for some bits and how you seemed panicked. And they were like, are you really a producer? You're an actor, right? I was like, no. You must have been dining out on that for ages. Oh, my gosh. It was... is, it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, like the video footage, if we can find it, we need to find oh, it. We need it's, to dig it out. We'll, we'll put it up online when this episode mm-hmm. is. Yeah, because we have it to was. find that. Because that is just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just go killing, killing a solo number. Yeah. Like, just absolutely going. Like, I it. never could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if that's not dedication, uh, I don't know what is. And uh, another... Another little fun fact before we get into making an incredible story mm-hmm. uh, is that Alice, the coach, uh, is also a very keen skydiver. I I am, yeah. Although I haven't been for for a little while, mainly because of pandemic. But um, you'd, I you'd I mean, think the sky, no virus in the sky. Yeah, you think the sky is a pretty <laughs> safe place to be. It's true. <laughs> it's tier four, mate. It's tier four up there. <laughs> um, yeah. Alice, in that case, are you ready to reach new heights and create the best oh. story? Very good. You know what, John? Normally, I call you out on your weird little links and stuff like that, but that was yeah. top draw. Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. Alice, officially, welcome to Storybond. Thank you for having me. Would you like to pull out a character? Yes. Okay, I've got uh, nine options, so I need you to pick a number, one to nine, and that will be the character. Ooh, okay. okay, right, this is a big responsibility here. Because we know that Billy Billy Middle of the Road over there will always pick five. So we yeah, probably... and steer, <laughs> steer clear of that head case. Yeah. <laughs> it's my lucky number, all right? It's my lucky number. If you want to be unlucky, be my guest. I'm thinking we work out what number feels best for this episode. Okay. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go count one to nine and you t- okay. you guys vibe off the feeling of the number yeah I'll, I'll f- <laughs> which one feels all right like, ready right Are you gonna count what do you mean you're gonna count in your head no I'm gonna count out loud okay <laughs> why would he count in his head <laughs> all right ready focus one two three four five six seven eight nine so fast oh I felt like it I felt like it was eight oh because I was thinking nine oh I was thinking nine <gasps> oh well majority rules two against one Alice nine okay. Number nine is Alan Parrish, which is Robin Williams' character in Jumanji. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I want to be clear, I'm thinking specifically him as the adult in Jumanji, like when we meet him in Jumanji. When he's so just he's come well out stressed. <laughs> well jungle. stressed. And he's running around he's got the, the house. Beard. Got the beard yeah. full of trauma. Okay. That's a great character. Thank you. Is that the what what year is this bit? Is that that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. that exact bit. And when like the the elephants have come out and he's like the last thing that comes out and it's horrendous. I really want to watch Shibanji now. Yeah, great, great film. <laughs> Should we just stick it on and watch it for this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just pause the recording, That's... watch Shibanji. No, 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 no. Let, let everyone listen to us watch it. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So Alan Parrish, what do we know about this this character? 
So he has been in the jungle for 30 years? Ish, yeah. Something like that. And the last thing he said to his dad was he didn't love him or something? Uh, yeah. Had a bit of a falling out there. Yeah, yeah, over the shoe factory. Yes. And he's, I think he said, I hate you. The guy who plays his dad is also the guy who plays the hunter in Jumanji. I've never, never realised that. That's my mind. That's my mind blown. I only noticed that the last time I watched Jumanji and I was like, oh my God, that's, it's, yeah. Oh, it's very good. <sighs> yeah. I always used to think I was like, what a shit role for that actor to get. He's barely in it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it happened. He was like, I want more lines. So he's like, all right, you can play the hunter too. <laughs> yeah. the, the mental thing is, you know, um, you know the shoes in the shoe factory? Yeah. Mm. They're all the animals of the stampede. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that they did, they did uh, get in an actor for the hunter, but they didn't turn up. And so uh, he had to fill in. Right. Um, he's did, the understudy. Did an, Alice, did, did an Alice Carter. Yeah. yeah, he's the producer. The director turned up at the end of his bed and he's like, look, he snowed in this is not helpful but you know the kid is it peter yeah i really enjoy when he slowly becomes the monkey oh Oh, yeah so the whole time we were thinking about the hunter you were just going little boy becomes a monkey little boy becomes a monkey and waiting for your moment of a pause and conversations to go i can't wait to tell him about how much i like the little boy becoming a monkey and he goes like he does you're right yeah it's pretty good <laughs> if you've ever wondered why we call James the bib or the bomb man or smurf that's why shit like that <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, alright I I reckon to get things moving we should maybe pop a genre yeah. out there to see what sort of where he's being put into uh, adventure he's going to have oh with pleasure my friends um, a Bill Dung's Roman. What? A Bill Dung's Roman. What does that what mean? The, what on earth is that? Bill Dung. Bill Dung's Roman. You can say it as many times as you want. Still don't know what it means. Does no one know what Bill Dung's Roman is? No. <laughs> no, no. Do you? As a genre? I think so. A um, Bill, Dung, Bill Dung's Roman is like a story that reflects on someone's life. So, for example, David Copperfield... Or like a biopic. Okay. Not a biopic, there's a difference. It's like. Because it doesn't um, necessarily have to be a real person. Yeah, because it's a fictional. It's like. Um, what's a good example of one? What What stories don't do that? No, no, it's, it's a specific type of genre. Because like, if I, I, I remember, I looked up the films, I was like, oh, yeah, I see that, why, why it's distinctive. And now I can't remember what they were. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a genre in on you in you don't know. Does it have to be like that they're the first person narrator of it? That they're telling their story? Yeah, or... Let me just quickly Google it. Because I'm <laughs> okay. sure. It's like it's a good it's a good one. Oh, Great Expectations is, is an yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Oh, you... To kill a mockingbird oh, so what, like, is an example. So is, it that, is it that it just follows their like whole life? Yes, it's like their whole like you know when it's like okay. to to understand me you've got to go back and it's like when I was a boy and like that kind of thing, right? Which is pretty right, much Jumanji. Right. Yeah, I was, I was gonna about say. To say. <laughs> so that's cut. Co- that's um, that side of it's covered by Jumanji. <laughs> I just had a little look see just see what films uh, there were of this of this uh, Bildung's Roman and apparently uh, Harry Potter is but only the seventh one. What? That wait that yeah. that is not how I understand. <laughs> oh, I guess because he goes back into his childhood. <laughs> I guess so. I guess it is that he start like the character starts in the present and then 
go with travels back to look at their life. So it's like reverse, like it's backwards Jumanji. <gasps> Wait a minute. Ooh. So he wouldn't want to kind of go reflect on the past because all the past is all the Jumanji stuff that we know of, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's what he did. Even even though it was in the future, it is now in his past. Yes. yes. So what, are we looking at his life from when he arrives in the jungle? Is that what we're saying? No, I would say I would say it's Or when he's a baby. After that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say just, don't we have to look at all of it? Or is it just reflecting or, on a bit of... But, where, but, but yeah. where does the film... Where does the story start? Where is he at the start of it? Where, whether he goes back or forward, well, where, where, what point is it? What it, like, it could sort of, be... We're going to do a build on Grumman! <laughs> is the, it could be that we start when... You know when he meets the kids having had a nice life, like they've got over Jumanji, like, and it's at the very end of the film. So we, we start with him there and go back to like what his life would have been or was without Jumanji. Because... That happens in the film, right? He doesn't end up in Jumanji. They manage to reverse it. Oh no, he does. And he gets to, no, he gets to go back to childhood and live his life again, doesn't he? Well, will we what like that? Isn't that the film with Jack? He's like an adult baby. Oh no, 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 no! Alice has nailed it. <laughs> Alice has absolutely bloody nailed it. So what? I'm chuffed. In the the ending of the film Jumanji, it starts again, doesn't it? He never goes into Jumanji because he they see the parents and, they, and they're like, "Don't go skiing." And they change the future. So this is the new yeah. future that we're seeing. Oh, I see. So we're telling the story of his life that no one ever saw because it was the end of yeah. the movie. When he never went into Jumanji. Don't they, like, hurl the board game off a bridge or something? Yeah. yeah. Or bury it and in sand. And, and it, it washes it washes up somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's, going, it's going to. Bridges aren't, like, the end of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's going gonna, it's gonna to wash up, like, 100 feet away. I'm <laughs> not disputing the, the power of a river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like asking if that yes. is how it ended because if it if it does then you know yeah it's a bit uncertain like I think know? that was their intention. So are we saying that he we watch like he he stops his parents going skiing wherever they go? No, no, it's not his parents. It's the it's the parents of the kids, oh, Peter okay. and Sarah. Is that yes? Her name? Yeah. So yeah, he, whatever he stops them going wherever. So he stops it happening, and then what? Like we see two years of his life play out, and then he the, stumbles across the game again because it's just right. right. No, no. <laughs> he just plays it anyway. No, he we seeing the life that. So you know, at that the end of the happened. film, like we see him as an adult married to Bonnie Hunt, Bonnie Hunter, whatever her character was called, yeah. the girl he he loves, and he he's now lived a life where he didn't go into Jumanji, but we don't know what that life was. So that's maybe the life he's telling us about. But he is Robin Williams as a, like a hairy jungle man. <laughs> well, no, no, he's he's a kid. <laughs> I thought that's what we said. He's a, he's hairy, but he is a kid. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy to play what we're saying, but he has to be the hairy he's got, jungle. He's got to have the beard. I see. <laughs> sure, but he doesn't. But he won't be the feral jungle man. I see what you're Can saying. Can he not be like the monkey boy, being like? Oh, he wants the monkey boy in it. So no, bad. no, 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 he can't. No. <laughs> Because not only is that not what this character has been through, but that's also not what that character goes through at any point. <laughs> it's a different character that you're talking about. This sounds like it might be a bit of a, a normal life then. Like, he, should we find out who he grows up grows up with then? Oh, well, no, we haven't, we haven't got our setting yet. Or we don't know. Oh, that, yeah. that's, that's very true. So I'm just imagining him in, in Germany. Because yeah. we, we don't know where he goes on to live now. So this is picking him up like a different point in his life. He might be. Yeah. Could be anywhere. Yes. Okay, it's a hospital. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh no! Is he actually like quite messed up? And he's thinking he's a, monk, a jungle man. 
Does he become like Patch Adams? Is it? Is it? Does he go through Robbie William? Robbie Williams. Oh my God! Oh. Robin <laughs> Williams' career. So we're basically doing like a Bill, Bill Dung's Roman of Robbie Williams's acting career. Robin. <laughs> Played Robbie. by Alan Jory. What his name is? Alan Parrish. Alan Parrish. <laughs> so he grew up to be an actor, and he he, he, he and he had the exact the Robin Williams career. Goes through Jack, Hang on. Hook. Yeah. Yeah. So Alan Parrish has Robin Williams' career. Yes. Yeah. But he's also a doctor. <laughs> no, it, no, but the, the point we're coming in is when they're filming Patch Adams. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so Robin okay. Williams is, is on the set do it being Patch Adams and he's there in the hospital because he's hurt his foot or something. And then he's wait, like, I want to do what he's doing exactly. <laughs> so wait, you're saying that Patch Adams is being filmed in a fake hospital, but Alan Parrish has turned up to the fake hospital thinking it's a real hospital, being like, I've hurt my foot. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, and he he's, he's method. In. He's yeah. method, this yeah. guy. No, so he's like, it's a real hospital, but he's like, there's a cordon off bit for filming and he like stumbles through. And, and he's like, oh, what's this? This guy's cool. He's making me feel way better. <laughs> <laughs> I like what if he then breaks Patch Adams' legs and then takes his yeah, place? Yeah, he like hides him in a cupboard. Yes, hide him in a cupboard. That's a classic. <laughs> what? That's a, that's a classic. Break their legs and hide them in a cupboard. That's a classic. Yeah, you know, classic. What? Classic what film. Classic. classic break legs and put them in a cupboard. Don't, don't look at my um, cupboard. You just see a load of broken legs. <laughs> oh, no, you're putting the legs in the cupboard. You're leaving, you're leaving <laughs> the rest of the person. Oh, no. You're amputating. Yeah, safely, because I'm in a hospital. I safely amputate the leg. Then I sure. and then and then break them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to, you fit more in if you break yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. At first they were perfectly fine, and then I was like, "Oh, I better break these, and I get twice as many in." <laughs> Don't touch that. That's my leg cupboard. One next to it. That's got your coffee in. Oh. <laughs> Why are you keeping coffee in a cupboard? <laughs> a pile of coffee grains. Oh, I was imagining hot no. coffee. No, in a tin. <laughs> coffee in a tin. Why'd you put them? Imagine a kitchen cupboard, one for coffee and tea bags, one for legs. I was imagining a, a cupboard full of hot coffee. <laughs> when you open it up, it's oh, pouring out. fuck's sake. <laughs> How'd you keep it hot? I know one thing for certain. <laughs> Story bomb regular Ben Hales will be livid right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he will. Some, somehow, with some of the most regular suggestions, we've made the most bizarre yeah. tale. yeah. <laughs> In true Bill Dung's Roman fashion. Um, <laughs> so don't say that as if you know what true know Bill what Dung's Roman fashion is. Oh my god, I thought of a really good example. Life of Pi, yeah? So, yeah. what I like about these, all these films that I, I'm imagining is one, it might not even be one, is that, you know, like there's always a thing where they're like chatting to someone at the start. So, like, I, I like the oh, idea yeah. of let's, let's pull a character where Alan Parrish is like chatting to this character at the start. And he's like telling okay. them about it. They like stumble across each other and, you know, a bit like Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's a fucking Bill, Bill Dung's Roman. Okay. Forrest Gump, yeah. Surely they're in hospital and he's at the hospital bed. Yeah, so yeah. On, on his left side is a film set. On his right is this person who's... He's, he's a genuine patient. Yeah, you know, oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. maybe it's a mental hospital. Maybe he's at the hospital, like, telling his story because he's, it's all gone wrong. No, mate, it's NHS A&E. <laughs> so there's sheer panic going on around them <laughs> he's taking up a doctor's time really retelling his whole life story and this doctor's like I've really got to go there's a lot of people well, sick well just here. hang on a second there. when I was a boy I was sucked into a jungle game <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? 
Then I became a little boy with a whole grown man's life in his head. That was weird. <laughs> I had to go through puberty twice. <laughs> you mean like a monkey child? That's right. No one will ever believe me because it sounds quite far-fetched. I would like you to pull out another character and this will okay. be the character who he's talking to in the hospital. Okay, so you've got numbers one to eight left. Well, Josh did say eight last time and I kind of feel... I feel like this is an eight. No, but Josh, next next to them in the order, next to them in the hospital beds. It makes so much oh, sense. Oh, I see what you mean. He's got a great point. So they, were, they were destined to be next to each other. Okay, we'll go for it. But I just want it to be known that now I'm against it. Okay. So it's Doctor Who. Oh. But Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, the latest female Doctor. I thought you meant Doctor Doolittle. I, well, <laughs> I mean, technically, aren't they all the same person in, in character? Yes, they are. But the physical iteration is Jodie Whittaker. Right, if you're picturing it, picture Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, the Doctor has had such a vastly more impressive life than Alan Parrish. <laughs> and Parrish has still been like, let me tell you a little ditty about my life. He's like 12 at this point. <laughs> let me tell you a little story oh, about my life. <laughs> To a doctor, Doctor Who. <laughs> she, she's like firing at Daleks yeah, like out the window from throughout from. the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but she's in there because her appendix is burst. Yeah, <laughs> and she just can't isn't it? Look. Alan Parrish is an adult though, but he does have a beard, regardless. Okay, okay, so he's a child, but with a full beard. <laughs> child with a full okay, beard. Cool. <laughs> he's a child with a full beard. That's it. And he's telling do- the doctor about his life while the- while Daleks are attacking the hospital. <laughs> oh, so wait, so, so so Alan on his left has a, has a Hollywood film set, and on the right he has Doctor Who, and Doctor Right has a child with a beard telling about their life story, and on their right Daleks like trying to kill him. <laughs> oh, uh, I want to know who's next to Doctor Who. Who's next to the Daleks? <laughs> the, the, it's the film set. It goes full circle. Who's working on that ward? <laughs> it's like a, wim- a wimpy sausage in a, in a circle. Wimpy. Oh, you mean like a sausage that goes round? Yeah, mate. <laughs> of all the things that are round, a sausage is just occasionally round. <laughs> Pick something that's always round, like an orange. That's a great slogan for sausages in general, that. Sausages, occasionally round. <laughs> Got any round sausages? No. Um, what's going on? Yeah, I haven't got a clue what this story is. No, no, it, this is the beginnings. So this is the setting. So at the start of the film, um, young Alan Parrish, kid with a beard, in the hospital bed, <laughs> And he is talking to Doctor Who, who is listening politely, holding a left side politely, of the appendix but about to Slightly burst. irked, but is definitely slightly like not irked. enjoying it. Slightly irked. She's in a bit of pain, but she's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, interesting. And then while shooting <laughs> Dalek sort of out the window, I think. I don't... Probably. It's not really... Doctor Who's not really a shooty kind of... What does she, she do? Kick him? <laughs> She would, she would poison. No, it's it's normally a battle of wits. Battle of wits. She sometimes has her little screwdriver, her sonic screwdriver. What, just, do you just unscrew the dialect because they're robots? <laughs> just does all the fucking screws quickly and goes, "Have that, mate." 
So, shall we get somewhere else with this story? <laughs> shall we all leave? This is a nice beginning, but we need to know like what the what bit of his life is he really telling? Is it all of it? Well, isn't that Doctor is Who? that what it is? This genre. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's it's quite a lot to sort of uh, think about. Because because everything we've been talking about is quite interesting, but what makes it tricky is we're like, okay. Now that's interesting, but if we're going back, he hasn't done any of the interesting shit yet. Yeah. So maybe we're describing the life he had that he's about to tell, if that makes sense. So, like, yes. I escaped Jumanji. We don't want to know that because we already know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, from that point, mm-hmm. it's like, I escaped Jumanji and then I went to the hospital because I was a kid again. And I bumped into Jodie Whittaker, Doctor Who, who was fighting dialects. That's it. He's not telling the story to. to Jodie Whittaker, he's living that bit. Yes. He's, he's telling the story to us. He's telling the story to us. Yes. So if it, it was to be as a film, we'll, we, we, once we know what the story is, then we, can, we will shoot it in that way. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's got a, he's got a yeah. busted lip, hasn't he? Yes, he's got a busted lip. So, from, and so he is like, well, Jumanji didn't happen, so off to the hospital I go to fi- get my lip fixed. I'm so mm-hmm. glad I avoided all that turmoil. Of, of being sucked into that ball gets there Daleks <laughs> attacking the hospital yeah Dog Doctor Who comes bursting in <laughs> like come with me if you want to live <laughs> no no I like I like my appendix my appendix ah ah <laughs> <laughs> ah ah <laughs> quick kid get my appendix out he has to perform the surgery on Doctor Who because no one else no one else is, all the doctors have been wiped out how stressful that he survived Jumanji and came back to this. He came back to a normal yeah. life. And this was it the first ends, thing mate. that happened. It never ends. So that so this is the flashback story that we're telling is him with Doctor Who in the hospital. So maybe he's he has to do the operation and get her appendix out <laughs> to um so she can finish defeating the dark. Oh, and he maybe. should find something in her appendix like a relic. <laughs> Maybe he finds the Jumanji board game. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> it oh washed up in her appendix. He, do you know he should go back to his roots, and we should just he, whether he wants to avoid it or not, he's just got to go in the game to get her appendix back. <laughs> Wait, but take her appendix out. Okay. Okay, I feel like we've got a story structure here, right? Yeah. Ish. I feel like we could. Um... <laughs> I feel like something to flip it all on its head might... I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, let's throw more madness into this. Well, if you'd love it, if you'd love it, mate, then let's let's give it to you. For the first and last time, I think I really want a story bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gravity stops working. Okay. Oh. It kind of fits in the Doctor okay. Who world, though. That kind of fits. It does definitely fit in the Doctor Who world. It must be a real stress for Alan Parrish. <laughs> who is having a nightmare of a time. It's his second life and he's still a nightmare. So what? He does the operation on her appendix, finds the Jumanji game. In her appendix. Lodged in there. And then and then he's like, fuck. And then you hear that music, like, whatever that is. And yeah. then everyone just float, starts floating. <laughs> Hang on. What is that? Why her appendix is is her appendix the key to gravity working or something? It's got to be right. Mm. So if you're outside, you just float off into space, <laughs> yeah. and loads of people would be outside. At least ten. 
it's quite appropriate that um this the one episode alice has come on we've now sort of got a reverse skydiving situation <laughs> going on uh, yeah. in this in the story yeah. you'd be livid alice with no be gravity furious. going up instead jumping out of the plane and just saying <laughs> the, the exact yeah. same point <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you need like a parachute to go under you to keep you down. No, maybe. that's not that's not how parachutes <laughs> that's not how parachutes work. They're not they're not directional. Oh, don't just put it under you and, and you go... shove a load of rocks oh, in it. Say, put rocks All right, yeah, no, it. that would work. No, no, because there's no gravity. gravity? <laughs> then you just go, like, oh, we've got those rocks hurling at us. But yeah. <laughs> those <laughs> Why do we why why do we put rocks into the mix? Okay, so we have this big moment where, like, like we're panicking now, <laughs> like everyone's like floating everywhere, and like going shit, shit, shit. And Alan, he turns his head and he looks at the doctor, and she's firmly planted on the ground, and she's looking at him, being like, "Ready for the adventure," or something like that. Yeah. So then there's a nice sense of like, oh, okay, there's some sense to this. Otherwise, it's just going to be a floaty mess. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Can that be the title? A, a floaty mess. mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how the title gives gives away a bit that happens towards the end of the story. A floaty mess. <laughs> I was a simple boy, a shoe salesman's son, and uh, then I was sucked into a board game and had to fight my way out to complete the game. Took me over thirty years, but by the time it was done, I. Reset my life to be a little kid, wandered off to a hospital, came across a cosmic doctor, had to remove her appendix. All the Daleks were attacking, none of the gravity worked, we all started floating around, and now here we are today. Oh shit, does that mean buildings that haven't got proper foundation would just... No, because buildings are attached to the ground. Oh, they're not yeah. just they're not resting. You couldn't push a building over. But if they didn't have proper foundation... Okay, so anyone in a building is kind of fine. That's good They'd just be on the ceiling. But only until they sort of run out of food and water. They inevitably die. And mind you, everything everything inside is floating yeah. around. What no, but what if you were working inside a sausage factory or something like that? A wimpy sausage factory. A, a round sausage factory. <laughs> and they're just eating all the round sausages. Those sausages are going everywhere, mate. That's where they all have to get to. That's where the doctor takes them to to be safe. Yeah, we need to get to a sausage factory. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but we do need to do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I really fancy some sausages and I can't think of anywhere else yeah. to get them. Back, no, back in the day, Wimpy was like the McDonald's of like the... Of the... Of the what? <laughs> in the 50s, people went to Wimpy. <laughs> Basically, the McDonald's was only a thing from like, what, the 60s? I think Brilliant. Wimpy was the place to be, like burger calves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get a, a round sausage from the burger calf. <laughs> Do you feel like we should introduce another character so that then we can begin to conclude it? Like, they go to the sausage factory, they meet someone else, and that's the person that helps, like, resolve it all. So, yeah, so at the sausage factory, they find someone, which you will reveal shortly, and that person is the one who, like, helps them get gravity back, maybe. Yes. All right. We're going to hit another character in who's going to help us restore gravity. The character that they find at the sausage factory. Yes. Yeah. Great. So D- Doctor Who is taking them to the sausage factory and then is like, I can no longer help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally I'd see this to fruition, but for some reason in this this time, I'm I'm sort of maxed out. My appendix yeah. is really giving me jip. Oh, yeah. it's No, she bleeds, bleeds out from the appendix. Oh, God. That's 
was. Oh, we kill Doctor Who because a, 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 a kid did the operation. Yeah, I don't know I've why I've got that you happened. to the sausage factory now. Goodbye. That's true. That is on her. She should have got a doctor to do it, not a kid. <laughs> like she put, she'd have more luck doing it herself. She really, really put her trust in the wrong person. Well, there. Yeah, but the kid did have a beard. So this this story is now the death of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, he did it. A kid, uh, he, that's true. Actually, he did have a beard. And you trust a person with a beard? Yeah, you trust him. I don't. I don't like to kill off female characters this early on, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to kill him off early as I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Alice. You've got numbers one to seven. One to seven are left. Three. Oh, straight in. Magic number. Okay. Professor Minerva McGonagall. Professor Minerva McGonagall. What? And then she dies. And then... <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. I don't know who that is. You I do. have found you a seeker. Oh. If you've seen, if you've seen the, the any of the Harry Potters. Like, basically like a shriveled up Dumbledore. Shriveled up Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. She's, she's younger than Dumbledore. Do you mean Maggie Smith? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Shriveled up Dumbledore. <laughs> shriveled up Dumbledore. One, one of the, the most powerful wizards in that story. Yeah. A shriveled no, up no, Dumbledore. No, I didn't mean Dumbledore. I meant the sorting hat. <laughs> what? Because she has the same hat. She has a witch's hat. You compared hat. her to the sorting hat. The sorting hat is already so crumpled. <laughs> You say a shriveled up version of that really I'm, ima- I'm imagining when they finish the sorting thing someone grabs a sorting hat scrunches it up to put it away and someone's like McGonagall is this oh sorry no that's just a screwed up hat I like the idea though like they're wading through sausages like and then obviously the who's gone and where he's wading wading and then like he just sees Maggie Smith in a wizard's hat and she's like I'm no help here and just floats off to the space <laughs> I'm just here for the sausages. <laughs> to which I've had my fill. <laughs> she's the Quidditch teacher, isn't she? Oh, no, she's not. No. It's the other one. Isn't it? No, that's Madame Hooch. No, she can she can turn into a cat. Yeah, she's just transmogrification. Yeah, that's that one. She, she just pointlessly turns into a cat for no reason all the time. Yeah. That's her name. Oh, yeah. okay. And gets cross with people. So, so, so there's a cat flailing around a sausage factory in, in mid-air. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like... Right, how do we get the gravity... Whoa, how do we get the gravity back? That woe well, is because magic. if you've ever seen cats in space... She's magic. They, uh, they don't know where down is, and cats always right themselves to land on their feet, yeah. so they're just constantly doing that Brilliant. Oh, in the funny. air. So she's just doing that. She's just rotating constantly. Why do you know that, Josh? Have you watched a video of a cat in space? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I would go as far as to say specifically sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 So, does Professor McGonagall have um, what? What's the, is she going to impact the story, or is she just going to be spin, a spinning cat? I hope. Maybe she turns back into Professor yeah. McGonagall as she's spinning. Yeah. But she's she's ridiculously seasick or motion sick. <laughs> yeah, she's throwing up in. Oh, the so air he needs to get her to not be motion sick in order to help, but she can't. She can't <laughs> help just yet. <laughs> so many submissions. Yeah. yeah. And is, Wait, and is Doctor Who nuts. dead at this point? Is Doctor Who just I, dead? I'd yes. go as far as to say the only way out of this for Alan Parrish <laughs> is to get sucked into Jumanji. 
Yeah. Oh my, that's genius. He's like, I just want to escape this hellhole. I need to seek out the board game, yeah. the original board game. Where's the bridge? Oh, that's it. Jumanji goes full circle when he realizes yeah. it's better it's to better play in the Jumanji. game. Yeah. But then, okay. so where where is he starting the story from? Where is he? Te- you know, like this whatever genre you came up with, John. He's somewhere telling the audience the story. Is he in Jumanji being like, and that's why it's better to be in here? The Bill Dong's Roman starts and he's like, um, oh, I like your shoes. And then he's like, my shoes, like, you see, my father had a shoe factory. And like, it kind of goes into that. But whose shoes does he like? <laughs> Did you say sausage factory? <laughs> no, no, I said shoes. We'll get to the sausage factory. <laughs> Really? Because I don't have time for the... Just you sit down. <laughs> Do you know sausages are occasionally round? I think as as a final thing, should we just figure out the character that uh, is is being told the story to? Yeah, because I feel like we've done we've covered the basis of a perfect story. What was the point of McGonagall then? Spinning. <laughs> just, just spinning around being sick as yeah, a cat. Yeah, and that was what made Alan Parrish want to go back into Jumanji. And that's where the phrase sick as a cat came from. Yeah, yeah like it's basically, <laughs> it's along the lines of he, f- who who floats off into the bloody abyss. Bloody. <laughs> and um, and he sees a cat and he's like, I hope that's a wizard. It is, but she's not turning back. <laughs> and that's, that's the final straw for him. That's when he's like, I want out of this. <laughs> I want out. I'm not going to watch Professor McGonagall not be able to turn back into Professor McGonagall. He watches her for like 20 minutes straight. Just, and he's like, mm, this yeah. is too much. I can't handle this. This, this yeah. is mad. Give me those giant spiders and a stampede any day. Oh my God. I like the idea of him watching her being like, I can do it. All you have to do is a hickety dickety. No. I have to start that again, sorry. All you have to do is hickety babbity, no more. Hickety babbity. She's the worst wizard. (laughs) Those two tries alone, different spells. Hickety dickety, hickety babbity. She doesn't know what she's doing. Lenny Kravity, no more. (laughs) I say, let her go. Yeah. But I like the the idea at the end of um, a floaty mess. He's like, so... Do you want to play? And it's whoever, whoever he's talking to is who Alice will pull out finally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, go as on. In, yes. I think let's let's give it to the old bib. Let's go for number five. Yeah, let's give it to the bib. It's got to be full You want to go? <laughs> yeah, number five. He is talking to Moriarty, the arch criminal <laughs> in Sherlock. Who's the... Really like, um, didn't ask for your life story, kid. I've kind of got my own stuff going on with Sherlock Holmes. Oh my God, it could allude to the fact that Moriarty was just, he was behind it all, all along. He's the criminal mastermind behind the whole lot. And it was like, I just did it to hurt Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock is not in the The only way to get at him was to remove gravity. <laughs> was to really fuck up with this one kid's life. Uh, McGonagall was a casualty that I didn't intend. Yeah, I, I, I do really feel bad about that. Who is your daddy and what does he do? So, good luck, coach. We'd like we'd like you to basically recap I everything. Have to recap. The guest is the re the store recapper. Okay. okay. As best you can. That's fine. Sure. If, you, if you can't. Okay. Alan Parrish is a twelve-year-old child with a massive beard. He's talking to. Well, I guess I have to tell it the order of the story, right? That we'd see it on film. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
12 year old with a massive beard having a chat with James Moriarty shining his <laughs> shoes <laughs> let me let me tell you about my life go back in time I was in I was in Jumanji but then that didn't happen and then I got to restart so and within that I cut my lip so I went to the hospital I met Doctor Who had to remove Doctor Who's appendix that didn't go very well Doctor Who was fighting Daleks out the window then what was on the left all of him? The, oh, a Hollywood film set with Robin Williams playing Patch Adams which, which doesn't really play into his life doesn't, doesn't matter <laughs> but it was happening and it was an A&E to be specific and it was chaos then gravity stopped nightmare oh there's also there's also a cupboard with legs in and also a cupboard with coffee in hot coffee <laughs> hot coffee beans loose, yeah, loose. boiling hot coffee boiling. beans boiling if you open it scald beans so then all the gravity stops then Doctor Who is like oh no when he that's it when he removes the appendix he finds Jumanji in the appendix in Doctor Who's appendix space version and that different board game yeah slightly different board game but same sound effect removing (laughs) the appendix stops all gravity we lose two thirds Mm. of the population at least in that moment (laughs) but Doctor Who stays tethered to the ground and is like right we're gonna go to a sausage factory because I really want I really fancy some sausages (laughs) so they go starving yeah so they go to a sausage factory, but Doctor Who has been bleeding out, should not have let a 12-year-old with a beard do the appendix surgery. So dies, dies, and dies knowing their fault. They, they fucked up by letting a 12-year-old do the surgery. There's a cat. They wade through the sausages that are, that are floating. There's a cat just spinning continuously, manages to change itself back, and it's Professor McGonagall. But that was a spot of luck. Very motion sick, but Alan's like, it'll be great. McGonagall will save this. Cannot get through the spell. Higgledy piggledy, blur. Lenny Kravitz, blur. Terrible. Alan Parrish is like, this is a nightmare. I'm going back into Jumanji. It's the only option. I'll just, I'll get through Jumanji again and I'll reset it. Told this whole story to James Moriarty. And Moriarty is like, it was all, I did it. I'm a master criminal. (laughs) And I did this to annoy Sherlock Holmes by getting rid of gravity. But I am really sad that McGonagall died. They're telling that whole thing and seeing the whole story unfurl. And the very last line is Moriarty going, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderfully bad storytelling. Time to get rid of this blasted board game. Yeah! Right, what should we do? Oh, look, a board game. You thought Jumanji was traumatising. Well, this is the most fucked up thing you'll ever hear. A Bildungsroman for the ages. Do you know what a Bildungsroman is? Because we don't. Shine faster, child. Less talky, more shiny. You mean you'd like to hear my life story? No, I'm extremely busy. I couldn't possibly have time to... Now you may ask, how does a little boy with such young eyes and an innocent soul have such a thick and well-matured beard? Well, I'm probably not going to be able to explain that very well. 
or much of the other mind-boggling occurrences I have witnessed in my sublimely short existence, but this is my story. Alan Parrish is back for his most stressful adventure yet. Steven Spielberg's A Floaty Ness. Okay, and cut! No, no, cut the acting, not the spinal cord. Okay, uh, Robin Williams, you're done. Go go and take five. Oh, five minutes. What can I do with five minutes? I guess I could write another script for Flubber. Flubber 2, we'll call it. It's going to be a hit. Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing in my trailer? Oh, oh, my legs! You've cut off my legs! Why are you breaking them? Don't put them in there. My coffee's... Oh, you spilled my coffee everywhere. How is it still so hot? There's not even in a thermos. Can't believe I fell for the old break your legs and put them in a cupboard and steal your career bit. A classic. Ow. I need 50 cc's of morphine. Stop, or he's not going to make it. You see, when I was a boy, I was sucked into a board game. Get me a defibrillator. I was in a jungle. Oh, we're losing him. I had to go through puberty twice. He's... he's dead. We lost him. Do you mean like a monkey boy? Kind of. Quick, chuck me that screwdriver. Have that. Oh, you're the doctor. I thought you were a doctor. It's a common misconception. Now fix my appendix. An appendix full of gravity about to burst. What? Get my appendix out. I'm just a child. You have a beard? Now! I... Uh, I... Please, for the love of God! Okay, okay. Just... Just a little more. <clears throat> Got it. Wait, what's happening? Why are we floating? I forgot to say, my appendix is the reason for gravity. It's kind of a new version of the old Jumanji game. This just in, gravity has gone. We will lose half the population. Stay indoors or you'll float away. Now quick, we need to get to the sausage factory. Round sausages? Are there any other kind? Mmm, sausages. Hang on. I'm bleeding out. Why didn't you sew me up properly? I told you I'm a child, not a surgeon. You son of a bitch. You finally did it. You finally ruined my life. What do you mean? Why are you so pale? Oh, I'm bleeding out. I should have attempted the relatively easy operation myself. That's my bad. No, you carry on your fascinating journey guilt-free. Okay. Wait, is that the sorting hat? I think you'll find I'm a bit more than that. Meow! (gasps) Shriveled up Dumbledore. No, I'm less than that. Not even Professor McGonagall can save them. In fact, she's a hindrance. Professor McGonagall, unbelievable. You're here to help get gravity back with magic. I love magic. Uh, no, I'm here for the sausages, which I've had my fill. Meow. You must do the spell. Very well. Hickety, babbity, turnips and snevity. For once for all, come back, gravity. Meow. Stop turning into a cat. 
I'm just so icky right now from all of this spinning. Just try again, Cots. Very well. Smoggly doggly bicycle miniaturie. Revert this space place back to Greven. Meow! Meow! It's not even the same spell. I just can't meow because of all of the damn meow. Chickity meow. Bevity crabity meow. My name is Alan Parrish, and I have had an extraordinary life. This is a floaty mess. This is my life. Do you not recognize me, Sherlock? Um, I'm Alan Parrish. Oh, uh, whoops. Uh, I'm Moriarty. It, it was all me. Thank you for listening to Sleeping Tree Storybomb. This episode was edited by our own John Woodburn. The sizzle reel was written by Sleeping Trees and the theme music is by Adam Znaidi. The artwork is by Glenn Staunton and Ben Hale's help with some stuff as usual. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review. If you really enjoyed it, consider signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash storybomb. Or just tell someone. Tell your nan, tell your bus driver, more importantly, tell yourself. Tell yourself to listen to Storybomb. Now I'm off to fix this gravity. 